Good day to all our listeners and welcome to the Temba Tandega Leadership Institute podcast, specialists in organizational behavior. In this podcast, we discuss leadership and staff engagement and how organizations can improve on both. It is simple economics. If leaders focus on staff engagement, their people stick around in their organization. If they stick around, they build better relationships with customers and provide a superior service. This leads to satisfied customers who become repeat customers and advocates for your business, which leads to exponential growth and profitability. If you want to increase profitability through staff engagement, stick around and listen to this podcast. We will focus on themes from Herman Duplessis' book titled Lead with Intent. Herman is the founder and director of TTLI. Links of where you can buy the book are available in the description area of this podcast. Now, welcome back to our second podcast. Uh, I'm joined by Herman and also Willem. Uh, welcome to the podcast, uh, Willem Potgieter, who's also a director here at TTLI. Thank you for joining us, Willem. Thanks, Anu. I appreciate the invite. Good. I'm glad you're here now because then I don't have to speak alone to Herman or ask questions. To <laughs> yeah. Thanks for having me back. <laughs> <laughs> right. Herman, last week we spoke uh, about chapter one and we're getting to chapter two uh, this week. And uh, I'm going to head off with a question immediately. And... Uh, I read chapter two again for the hundredth time, Herman. So Good. Um, Good. I think I know the book well by now. So thank you for your invaluable information. <laughs> um, what, what strikes me is uh, you talk about this, uh, the philosophy of leading with intent uh, in the first part of the book when you start a chapter. Um, I think talk a bit about that. What, do you, what, what is the philosophy of lead with intent? Um, I think the, the philosophy behind uh, lead with intent, if you take a look at leadership uh, literature uh, and the different uh, schools of thought in leadership, uh, is servant leadership. Mm. And I think um, servant leadership um, helps the leader to focus more on the cause yeah. than on themselves. Mm. Mm. Uh, now I know uh, if you once that's why the word servant is not in the title <laughs> because you know it's people get uh, get a picture in their heads when you talk about servant leadership mm. um, and, and especially some of our clients I mean have, have had a bad experiences about that yeah so I mean one of our biggest clients took uh, took uh, most of their managers through servant leadership and it was really confusing for the managers because of all the misconceptions so there's a lot of well-meaning consulting firms and mm. training companies out there training in servant leadership but I think um, the misconceptions aren't addressed uh, uh, properly uh, mm-hmm. which I think causes uh, major concerns in business it, mm. it actually it causes so much confusion that they they mm. just drop servant leadership altogether and they go back to command and control that's mm. what that's what happens mm. And you talk about a certain understanding there. You know, there's a certain understanding when it comes to... Yeah. Uh, 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 uh. Why do you say there's a certain understanding about it, about lead with intent? You, you need to understand it in a specific way. Yeah. So I think lead with intent, the understanding is that you don't have to compromise relationships for results. Mm. And I think that is the... Um, 
the, the popular misconception is that if I become a servant leader, I become so people-centered that I don't care about results. Um, and that's not true. Mm. Uh, the servant leader has the ability to focus on both um, results and relationships. And that's mm. the understanding. Uh, and the reality is, is if you focus on re- relationships in the right way, the results get better and better and better. And in a way, the results takes uh, care of themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, Brandt, who wrote the preface of the book, always says that servant leaders are um, hard on results, but soft on people. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the understanding of servant leadership uh, that mm-hmm. we need. Yes, and, 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 I, and I want to bring us to, uh, I want to actually read something in the book, uh, page 36, um, which brings me to my next question. And in, I think, Willem, you've also worked a lot with Herman on this topic and what it means with all the books that you guys have read together is, uh, and I just want to read this. It says there, it's an italic, um, um, yeah, it's italic, and it says there, we have never met a leader who excels in relationships and results who does not subscribe to servant leadership. The best leaders are servant leaders. They may not realize it at first, but as we discuss the theory of servant leadership with them, they always identify with it strongly. And that's that's actually a, one of the most profound pieces, I think, in the book that, that we've discovered or that, you know, in, in our consulting with clients and working with them. So um, what are the misconceptions? I mean, I think that's probably important for our listeners. You know, what is the misconceptions that we've seen and, 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 and that you've dealt with? Well, I think um, that, you know, it, typically all our clients uh, try to run a meritocracy, mm. right? So your results, if you deliver, mm. whether you're in sales or in accounting or security, and you know, if you did deliver results, you get promoted, mm. okay? And I think that that's also one of the reasons why the idea of servant leadership is hard to swallow for many people because the whole point is they don't want to be a servant. They want to be the leader. Mm. Um, so I think some of the misconceptions certainly... And, and so, so because of the, um, the, this meritocracy, you know, I'm getting technically better at what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. At a point, that technicality does not you know, translate, it's not an automatic translation into mm. a, your leadership journey. Mm. And that is a tough point for many people to, to realize that my technical yes. um, speciality mm. is not mm. going mm. to help me mm. take my division, my team, my organization mm. forward. I need a new way of looking at my role in the organization. Yes. Yes. And I think it's at that transition point some leaders never make that transition. Some make them earlier than others. But I think it's at that point where you need to say, well, what is going to help me take my team and my organization forward to get the results that we want? And I think that that is where servant leadership, if you start your servant leadership journey at that point, I think you those leaders tend to grow and get the results and maintain relationships um, and work and and. But it's an intentional decision. Yes. It doesn't happen. It's, it's because your tra- 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 trajectory. Trajectory. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No worries. Your trajectory 
is is actually a technical one. Yes. And at a point, you need to say, no, I need to veer off that path. Mm. I need to go into, mm. um, you know, this leadership path. Mm. And I think that that's difficult. Um, and it does, it's an intentional decision that needs to be made. So for the lay person, Willem, I think on the ground, for like me, I think a, a, a simple example might be, we, we can't think as human doings. We need to think as human beings when it comes to these things. With yeah. your technical skills, we need to do, 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 get yeah. results. And you know, just for the lay yeah. people, to make that seat. But I think it's very profound what you say, the trajectory of that, as well as, uh, uh, you know, you can only get that far with certain skills. And the sad thing that we've seen... So with leaders, technical skills. Yeah, technical yes, skills. Yeah. Technical. And the sad thing that we've seen, is like, if I can jump or say something, is that uh, 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 that is where the biggest mistakes are made. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to leadership, yeah. I believe. And Arman, I mean, uh, from your side, you talk about uh, there's nice bullet point versions in the book about what you're trying to say. Just probably mention some of them. I think. Can I just actually, when Willem was talking, I was just mm. thinking, um, you know, we work a lot with engineering firms. So as an engineer, mm. you are trained mm. to be an engineer. But the reality is most engineers end up managing people and not doing engineering work because... You know, you, you reach a certain level in these big engineering companies and you become a manager. And it's not about your technical skills. It's mm. about getting the best out of your people. Mm. Uh, and that's where the trajectory mm. changes. You know, we did mm. mention in the first podcast, mm. Willem, that mm. this is a, a mm. podcast for English second language users. <laughs> okay. So here, here's some of the misconceptions. <laughs> Here's some of the misconceptions, um, Hanu. Uh, it's on page 37. If I'm a servant leader, people will take advantage of me if I care too much. People will slack if I become a servant leader because they won't respect me. I cannot be too hard on my people. Therefore, I cannot hold them accountable. I must constantly be there for my people, basically becoming their slave. I must allow people to speak their mind during meetings. I must listen to their personal problems. I will not be able to control my team as a servant leader, and I cannot work with clear goals as this will put too much pressure mm. on my people. Mm. I mean, which is ridiculous. Mm. Uh, and these are the big myths and the misconceptions uh, mm. about servant leadership. And, and, and it comes from that well-intent, and, and I think that's the irony for me, if, 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 if you don't understand the concept of what it actually means and, and what it entails regarding the trajectory and, and where that comes in, you can actually sell it as a... As something that is that is you know kind of you know it will sort out all your problems mm. you know if you just like this but mm. if you don't understand the concept of it it will become mm. these mis misconceptions mm. am I right about that in, in a you way see, I, I think what happens is um, sometimes in a high result environment where it's quite inhumane mm. uh, people always think okay but the solution is servant leadership and mm. it is mm. you know but now the pendulum swings all the way to the other side. We treat people very nicely. We sing Kumbaya. We get together. Mm. You know, we do all these nice things for our people. But then the results start suffering because now mm. I feel I can't hold people accountable anymore. And that's where people think, okay, no, servant leadership's dangerous. We're not going to have a business if we continue down mm. this path. Mm. Mm. <laughs> so it's, it's finding mm. the balance between relationships and results. Mm. Very easy... Uh, to get their four leaders if they understand intentional leadership uh, mm. uh, correctly. Mm. See, I was, I was very fortunate um, to teach 
leadership at tertiary level uh, at Monash University many years ago in 2013. And there I met a professor by the name of Sen Sadaya. He's the world's leading researcher in servant leadership. Mm -hmm. And when I looked at his research, I realized this is the best way. All his research and all the sectors that he did his research in shows servant leadership produces the best results. Mm -hmm. But... The results are great because there's also great relationships. Mm, mm. If you focus on your people, you get them engaged, they, mm. st- you know, they hang around. Mm. If they hang around, they build better relationships with customers. Yes. They get to know their needs better, mm. and that leads to higher yes. profitability. Mm. It's as simple as that. I talk mm. a lot about Sensodaya in Chapter mm. 2. So people are welcome to read that, you know. And also, I mean, you also you also actually quoted uh, Lane Schlesinger as well a bit there uh, regarding you know high profitability in companies. Yeah, that's the Harvard that. business, uh, the Harvard Service Success Chain. That's yeah. his research. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's thirty years of research, which is mm-hmm. incredible. Uh, you know, so yeah, I I think um, chapter two is all about having the right understanding when it comes to servant leadership because. It's the best way to lead. It's undeniable if you look at the research. <laughs> so now on that point, for both of you, I think uh, we get to the to the last point of our discussion today. And the, I think the last part of the book is um, what is servant leadership? And give us a bit of, you know, how to practice it. You talk a bit about that in chapter two. And I think that's where the gold lies. So the misconceptions are there. You've talked a bit about that. But I mm-hmm. think... Let's start painting the picture and that lead. And I know every chapter of the book that you write mm. will paint a picture of the principle, the practice. And, and that's what we'll discuss right through the podcast, just for our listeners to know, uh, uh, through this podcast series. Um, so, yeah, uh, let's get to that. So servant leadership, what is it and how do you practice it? In short. Um, so servant leadership um, um I think stems from three schools of leadership originally. The first one is transformational. The opposite of transformational is transactional. So I give you money, you do your job. That's transactional. Mm. Transformational Mm. is life change. So I'm going to focus on how I can change your life as a leader and then the results will come. Mm. The second school is authentic leadership. Uh, Opposite of authentic is fake. I think that's a problem nowadays. A lot of leaders try Mm. to fake it till they make it. I think with the younger generations, they see right through us. Um, Mm. So how do I become the best leader I am? And I don't Mm. try and be like other people. That doesn't Mm. mean I shouldn't grow and develop, but Mm. I have to be authentic in my leadership. Mm. And then the third school of leadership that servant leadership uh, uh, develops from or originated from is spiritual leadership. Mm. So the leader has an existential awareness of their role and Mm. responsibility Mm. as Mm. a leader. So I lead this person for a reason, and it is my job to get the best out of him. Now, can I just clarify two misconceptions here? The one is that as a, as a, a servant leader, I become a slave of my people. Now, what we've seen is servant leaders have very strong boundaries. So they know when to say yes, and they know when to say no. Okay, very strong boundaries. So boundaries is very important to this a servant leader. Because it helps people to understand where they stand with you as a leader. It brings a lot of safety. The other misconception is results. I can't hold people accountable. What we've seen is servant leaders are usually harder on results because they have the right kind of relationship. 
so that they can have the tough discussions with people to say, you have a lot more potential, you were dishonest, you did not give your best, you can do better, mm-hmm. this is not acceptable. Mm-hmm. So those discussions happen for servant leaders mm-hmm. because they have built the kind of relationships uh, uh, that they need to. So that's where servant leadership originates from. It's from the schools of authentic leadership, transformational leadership, and spiritual leadership. Willem, yeah, and I want to, I mean, you always have examples and ways of saying with your experience and, and, and the years that you've worked as a leader as well mm. in organizations and what you've seen regarding servant leadership from these schools you've always talked about as well, and, and you support that, of course. Mm. Um, so how, uh, where have you seen, how do you practice it, a practical example maybe, or, or, or your thoughts just on, 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 on what's being said? Yeah, I think practical example, I'm not going to try and give a practical no, 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 example, but more a, maybe just make a comment or two about approach. Mm-hmm. I think leaders often forget that they recruit talented people to enhance that talent mm-hmm. by, you know, putting them in a team mm-hmm. um, in the right place, giving them the kind of responsibilities that yes. align with yeah. their strengths, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I think many leaders kind of forget that if you do that, and, you know, in sport, we have lots of examples of, mm. of that. You know, coaches are trying to identify players' mm. strengths mm. and, mm. you know, focus on those, put them in, in, in roles and positions so that those strengths get even, you know, even more um, uh, magnified mm. by, by putting a player next to that player uh, you know, that's playing to mm. their particular strength. Yes, and yes. I think for me, that's how teams should be, leaders should be looking at teams. Mm. You know, an unhappy player is not going to be able to do their best. Mm. Likewise, an unhappy worker mm. or someone that doesn't understand what they want to do, or sometimes people are unaware of mm. their particular strengths mm. relative to the team. And mm. so it'll change from team to team as well. Mm. But I think that that awareness you know, people do bring talent mm. and passion and mm. hope, mm. you know, yes. to, yeah. to organizations. Mm. And how do I as a leader, you know, with the eye on, on goals mm. and on targets, you know, help my team to achieve it? Because once they achieve it, they start believing more mm. and more mm. that we can grow mm. as a team. We can develop as a team. We can mm. care for each other whilst we're on our journey to achieve certain goals. And mm. I think that... Sometimes um, leaders are so, again, back to the technical element, they think that they should be the source of all the answers to the challenges and problems, yet they have a talented team around them. And the reason for it is so that they, uh, that, that problems can be solved in ways that, not even, mm. that surprises even the leader. Mm. And I think that that is the power of, of uh, servant leadership, mm. is that, you know, if people grow uh, with you, uh, you grow with them as a leader. Um, but it takes a certain yes. approach. It takes a, there needs to be some humility on mm. the leader's side. Mm. Uh, realizing that they, the team's not there for them, mm. but they are there to help the team to achieve mm. their goals and grow people in the process. Mm. Sure. And I think in one sentence, that's what servant leadership is right there, is that this, the servant leader understands that I am here for my people, mm. my people is not here for me. Mm. Mm. 
and how that changes your paradigm in terms of leadership mm-hmm. uh, is important. Mm-hmm. So maybe um, the principles in the book, I think for how to practice it, is firstly, you mentioned it, the principle of humility, Willem, and then the practice is vulnerability. Mm. The principle of psychological safety, the practice is openness. The principle of uh, rehumanizing the workplace, mm. and mm. that is the practice there is empathy and listening. Yes. The principle of gratitude, and the practice is celebration. The principle of integrity, and the practice is accountability and feedback. Uh, the principle is authenticity. The practice there is a reflection. Mm. Then, very important now with the mental health pandemic yeah. we have, the mm. principle of resilience. And the practices there is legitimate suffering and map restoration. Then innovation is the next principle. The practices there is failing fast through experimentation mm. and then curiosity. And then the last one, principle number nine, is hope. Mm. Uh, and uh, the practice there for leaders is coaching and challenging their people. Mm. So I think um, these are nine principles, believe it or not, that can make your profitability skyrocket mm. if, you, if you get them right. Uh, nothing about um, cost-cutting. Nothing about cost-cutting. Nothing about layoff. Nothing about layoffs, um, you know. Um, or restructuring. Or restructuring. Uh, these are the principles. Or M&A. Yeah. <laughs> Mergers and acquisitions. So at, at the end of the day, this is it, you know. It's simple. It's straightforward. If, if leaders can take these nine principles, practice them intentionally, uh, you know, within this frame and paradigm of servant mm. leadership, you know, then there's no reason why companies uh, cannot become more successful. Gentlemen, thank you very much. We want to talk more. We want to share all our knowledge with people, but we can't. It's a podcast. So, uh, yes, uh, thank you for joining us, Willem. And thank you for joining us, Herman. And, yeah, thank you for being here. I don't have a lot more to say, so I'm happy the podcast is finished. (laughs) You as well, Willem? I'm done. (laughs) Thank you to all our listeners for listening in. Thank you for listening to the Temba Tendega Leadership Institute podcast, Specialists in Organizational Behavior. In this podcast, we discuss leadership and staff engagement and how organizations can improve on both. If you need more information to assist you with staff engagement and leadership, please visit our website at www.ttli.co.za or email us at office at ttli.co.za. You can also follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Would you like to stand a chance to win a copy of Herman's book titled Lead with Intent? Then please share and like this podcast on your social media platforms. We will contact the winners when the competition ends.